Hello, wonderful. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you found something that will either help you get past your past, get real about your present, or get serious about your future. Hopefully, it's all 30. If you're not already in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, consider this your invitation. There are tons of lives, tons of tips and tricks to help you bounce back better. Have a great day. Hello, wonderful. It is Sarah, and I want to talk to you about how to explain your situation to get help from others. Definitely one of the biggest and most confusing and most controversial and most difficult pieces of the puzzle. Okay. So want to give you a few tips and tricks to help you out. So I want you to think about four years. First of all, I want you to kind of have grace with the situation and realize that for years, you didn't know what was going on either for years and years and years and years, you did not know what was going on. And so then you start, you pick up a book on narcissism, you start studying emotional abuse. That's like the, the floodgates are opened. You, you join my Facebook group, finding love and success after a toxic relationship. And it's just like, oh, yes, like, oh, finally my world makes sense. Okay. So you've had a new experience that has gotten you new information and provided hope in your life. This is wonderful. This is amazing. This is a good day. Okay. Then you try to go tell your in-laws. You got to try to go tell the people at your uh, religious center, your faith practice. You, You try to tell your ex's mother or brother or whatever else it may be. And then you feel like you're beating your head against the wall. So you think you need more information. So you read more books, you do more work, you have more conversations. Then you go back to that person and you're still beating your head against the wall. Then you get more information. You read more books, you do watch more YouTube videos, whatever. And then you go and try to beat your head against the wall again. And it doesn't work. Okay. And within my Wonder Woman program, the biggest, the biggest, 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 biggest things I talk about is if it's not working, stop doing it. If it's not working, stop doing it. Okay. So as you think about this process of, I just really want it to work. Right. But, but I really, I really need it to work. I really want it to work. I really need it to work. Okay. So then we just keep like ramming our head against the wall. And if it's not working, stop doing it. You already tried a million things to get your relationship to work. So this is just kind of the same thing, like the same strategy. You're just trying to get this other piece of your life to work, okay? Which is helping other people see what is going on in your situation in a way that you appear credible, not crazy, And I hate to say that. I hate to use those terms, but that's what happens is, you know, when people go through this process and this cycle process of finally getting the answers they need, and then they throw out words like abuse, they throw out words like narcissism, they throw out words like uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, um, personality disorder, sociopath. And that is so jarring for people who are going through their own cognitive dissonance. And what cognitive dissonance is, 
is trying to match Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, okay, they're they're one person this way and another person this way. Um, you know, they're they're screaming at me in the car, and then as soon as I get out of the car, they totally turn on the charm and become a different person. And the people you are talking to, most of their data comes from the person that appears to be a good person, the person that has been managing their image, the person that has been playing the victim and everyone feels sorry for them, the person who uh, they because their kindness is probably being used against them as well, right? If someone's always playing the victim, that's like, oh, poor me, poor me. And that person says, oh, I just want to help you, right? Especially mamas. It's amazing, the women. And I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, women go through a toxic partnership. And the first person they want to convince that he is a problem is their the mama. The mama has so many barriers, And there's so much denial happening. You don't think she knows? She knows. She doesn't want to know. And there's a huge difference in people who want to know and are open to hearing you versus people who they want you to be wrong so they don't have to change their own behavior or their own relationship with this person. And that is frustrating and it is maddening. And I can give you some tools and tips and tricks to help them grow ears to hear, but it's a very tough problem to solve because they have a lot of resistance. They don't want you to be right. They've got their own denial going. They've got their own data, which is, oh, look how wonderful he is. Oh, but he helped. He helped my kid with this. Oh, he helped our business with this. Oh, you know, but he's, you know, a pastor. Oh, he did this. Uh, You know, he is on the board. He's the mayor. He's a police officer. He's well, he helps all kinds of people. He's a fireman, right? Like whatever it is, they have their story in their head that they would be able to pick up if something was wrong. Okay. We, we, we tell ourselves that we know how to keep ourselves safe and that we're good judges of character. Most people do. If you've been in a toxic relationship, most of the women I talk to, they're like, I don't think I'm a good judge of character at all at this point. In fact, I don't trust my picker at all. Okay. So not everyone is operating from your perspective. Many people are telling themselves, oh, if there was a problem, I would see it. So they're already telling themselves if there was something wrong, I would already know. And you're coming to them and saying, hey, I know you haven't seen this other side of them, but there's this whole other person that's awful and making me miserable and I'm living in a horror show or, you know, whatever it is, or that they, they're not, they're never taking responsibility for anything. I'm always having to caretake them. And that person's that you're trying to talk to and get through to is seeing from their own perspective. And that own perspective is going to make it difficult for them to hear you especially if you're throwing in diagnoses. Many of my clients are nurses. Many, 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 many of my clients are nurses and therapists <laughs> or physicians or someone in um, looking to do right by others. And they get so frustrated when it's like, oh, here's this personality disorder. Here's this clinical analysis. Here's this. Now, do you believe me? And that person's like, oh, no, I don't believe you because they don't want to believe you. And when you use the most extreme language, such as narcissism, such as abuse, such as, um, you know, some type of personality diagnosis, it makes them more resistant to believe you become like an emotional expert. And when we think about our experts, you know, if Bill Gates is talking about Microsoft or Steve Jobs is talking about 
Apple, or, um, you know, I'm talking about toxic relationships, typically it's kind of, it's not a, <laughs> and then I did this, and then you won't believe it, can't believe this happened, right? Like there's not that energy behind it. Okay. And when there is that heavy emotional wall behind it, you don't come across as the expert because all they can see is your emotion. Even though you are the expert of what's been happening in your house, you are the expert of their toxic behavior. You are the expert of them flipping back and forth. You are the expert of uh, your own life and your own reality. Okay. But you don't appear to be the expert because there's so much emotion attached to it. Now we know why there's so much emotion attached to it. Cause you've probably been, this dam has been building up uh, for eight years, three years, 20 years, whatever it is. There's like, gosh, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. And then when you finally find the release valve, where you start studying gaslighting, where you start studying uh, manipulation, where you start studying toxic behaviors, you're like, thank God. But the people you were talking to probably have not had that experience. So they don't want you to be right. They don't want to have to deal with it. They don't want to believe that they were conned to, which is one of the biggest belief things you're going to have to overcome. They they want to believe that, oh, everybody will change with given enough time. They want to believe that, uh, you know, everyone's secretly a, a good person and if they were a bad person and they would have picked up on it. They want to believe that they are safe. They don't want to think that they've put their children with someone who is toxic, um, put their business uh, business partnership with someone who was actually a con artist. I'm going to give you some strategies to help break through that. But first of all, I want you to take a deep breath. And forgive yourself. Because if there has some been someone in your life that you begged to believe you, that has not believed you, I want you to know that there's a very, very, very high chance it is because they did not want to accept that truth in their own life. And they had resistance to accepting that truth in their own life. It's not because you weren't telling the truth or you didn't say it the right way or you didn't have the right information. They had their own resistance to seeing the truth. This is especially true when I've seen older kids not want to see the truth about their parent. And it's so maddening for for. It could be women or men, but the women, mainly women that I talk to, and, you know, they've, they've covered over their uh, partner's um, behavior for so long, and then they get out, and then their kids say, well, why did you leave? Well, because I've been covering up over this behavior, but you hid it from your kids to keep your kids safe, and then it's like this double bind rock in a hard place. Darned if you do, darned if you don't. I won't say that. I won't say the, the real D word. Keep it clean. Uh, but, but you have that that piece and it's like, oh my gosh, here, I, I tried to do right by my kids and I did such a good job of it that now they don't believe me. You know, I did such a good job of covering over his misbehavior that when I go to my 
you know, friends and family, they don't believe me. Are you freaking kidding me? And it is a double bind. And it's really tricky to navigate and really difficult. But I do want to give you some tools to help people grow yours and help you get the support you need. Okay. First of all, if you are trying to get help from people who have put up with their own toxic behaviors and want to justify their decisions, find someone else. Okay. You know, um, the, the people most supportive of you staying in toxic relationships are people who have stayed in their own toxic situations and want to justify their decisions. Okay. Well, it's, it's not that bad. You should have seen what your dad did to me. You should just be lucky that he's not worse. You know, every guy roughs up their wife every once in a while. You just need to stand by your man. He'll get over those anger issues as he ages. Okay. People justifying their own decisions. Okay. So that's a belief system that will drive you crazy. And it's not your fault. It's about them justifying their own belief, their own situations, not, not believing your situation. Okay. Um, like another, because I want to address these belief systems, right? And the, the belief system is that if I stayed, you should stay. So there's not an information or diagnosis that will help them grow ears to hear. Because they believe they want to just, their goal is to justify their decision, not to help you. Bad person to talk to, right? Um, let's talk through some faith practices, right? If there is a, uh, actually, I'll go, I'll save that one for next. Okay, let's go with uh, positive psychology. Okay, um, so everyone will change given enough time. Well, you just need to, you know, he's had a hard childhood. You know, he's had a lot of hard things happen to him. So you should just stick it out and, you know, just stand by. You don't give up on the people you love when they're going through hard times. If that is a belief system, you are going to have to address that belief system before you can get help that you need. Okay, I'll tell you about how to do that. So let's go with faith practices, right? Well, there's never a good reason to uh, get a divorce. Once you've, once you've made your bed, now you got to lie in it. Okay, if that is their belief system, you are going to have to address their belief system, not just give them more information about what's been happening in your relationship or, uh, or more diagnoses on personality disorders. Because the fight is against the belief system, okay? Or uh, the belief system may be, if, if there had been trouble, I would have seen it. Okay. You, do you see those, how those belief systems? I'm not, I'm not the type of person who would have missed abuse. 
do you see how those belief systems are the issue, not uh, what the data on your relationship? And then when you come across as an emotional expert, it's just really hard to build momentum. Okay, so here's some tips and tricks or in, in uh, you know, someone's belief system may be, well, relationships are 50-50. So you need to work harder. If you want to save relationship, you need to work harder, which is incredibly maddening for women who've been doing or men who have been doing all the work of the relationship already. Okay, so I want to give you some phrases to cut through. Uh, some of these belief systems uh, to try to get you the help you need. Okay. So one of the phrases that I want to, I want you to picture a seesaw. And if someone is saying, you know, it's 50, 50, uh, you know, it takes two to tango say, I absolutely agree that it's 50, 50. And I absolutely agree that um, it takes two to make a relationship. And I absolutely agree that Uh, you know, there's some changes I need to make. Okay, so you agree with what you can agree with from their statements to kind of like get some middle ground going. And then you follow it up with, and if I may, I know that you believe, or I think you believe, you can help me understand this kind of with a questioning tone, right? A very humble questioning tone. I, I hear you believe that you know, in relationships, people can be too selfish or, or too giving, you know, not giving enough. Is there any chance that there could be, you know, the seesaw could be out of balance and the dance could be off because one person was, had gotten used to being too selfish and the other person had gotten used to being too selfless. Is there any chance that the thing I did wrong in the relationship is kind of giving up on myself and making my partner somewhat of an idol where it was always his turn, where it was always his job to take and always my job to give. Is, is there any chance that we could have a conversation about that? Okay. That gives people, oh, that's not abuse. That's not narcissism. That's not whatever that people can, most people are going to say, Yeah. It's logical that someone could be too selfish and it's logical that someone could be too unselfish. It's logical that it could always be one person's turn. And then, you know, is it, is within your belief system, is it, and you hear my tone, you hear that questioning, you hear the way I'm saying it, not, narcissism and then I read this list and I read that okay very different tone okay um you'll have to practice it you know is it is it I, I'm assuming within your b- belief system you don't think it should always be one person's turn is that fair to say and no one's gonna say no in a partnership they they already said it's 50 50 it should always be one person's turn um and then say you know can can we would you be open to having a conversation about how we can create more balance in the relationship where each person in the relationship had a turn. Okay. I want you to hear, this is basic kindergarten stuff, balance in a relationship. 
well, I, I hear you say that it's possible for people to be selfish. Is it, do you feel like it's also possible for someone to be too giving, too nice, too accepting? And when you, when you say it that way and, and, and partner yourself in that way, then they start to collect data because it is pretty easy to see in a relationship who is getting a better end of the deal. And if you were trying to decide if someone is toxic or not toxic and if someone's telling the truth, look at who is getting the better end of the deal of the relationship. It was, you could probably see what's well, mainly their turn. And as you crack through those belief systems, right? If their belief system is, it is never your turn because you're a woman or it is never your turn because, you know, that whatever faith practice they have, that it's like, well, you know, it's never their turn. Then I would go with the approach to say, do you, do you feel that it's responsible or the right thing to do for me to help someone else become more selfish, more angry, less accountable for their behavior. Uh, you know, it help 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 me understand. Um, you know, I I I don't feel like that's what you're saying, but can you help me? People are not gonna say, yeah, it's always his turn. Your job is for never to be your turn. They're not gonna say that because they come across as jerks. So you can really start to crack through that belief system if you can say it in that kind of questioning humble way of asking them about their belief system rather than asking them about you know your relationship them weighing in on your relationship okay and you know even saying things like I can, can you help me understand so if there was a stranger that had a consistent pattern of calling me names or, um, you know, getting rough with me or hiding things from me or stealing money from me, would, would you suggest that I stay in relationship or pursue a relationship with that stranger or, or, you know, kind of set boundaries with that stranger? Most of them are going to say, well, you should set boundaries. Can you help me understand why the rules are so different in a romantic relationship? Why, why you feel like at, because we got married or we're dating or romantic that it becomes appropriate for them to steal from me or, or hide things from me or, you know, and, and, and being fair to say, you know, just being my mother is, is there, can you help me understand? Are there certain relationships that you feel this is addressing your belief system? Are there certain relationships you feel that that becomes an all access pass for, for selfishness or an all access pass for hurting someone or an all access pass for, for socially inappropriate behavior? When you say something like socially inappropriate behavior, that has a lot more um, cracks through, 
a lot more than a diagnosis, right? You know, my, my mother is exhibiting, I feel like socially inappropriate behavior. Is it, is it within your belief system that because she's my mother, that she has an all access pass to hurt me? Is it within your belief system that because we were married, that that becomes an all access pass to being able to treat them however you, you feel like that day? Is, is, are you telling me that you feel like it's okay for me to do whatever I want to them because we're married? Or is, is it just okay for them to do whatever they want? to me. Can, can you help me understand that? And when they start having to defend their own belief system, that is ludicrous. And they, they may not even know they have that belief system, but it just, you have to almost make more sense than they do through that, through their addressing their belief system rather than addressing your relationship. Okay. And there may be some people who are never going to have ears to hear because they're just like, you're just being difficult. You're just being this. And they don't, they, they, they are holding up their own defenses, right? But there are other people who are going to be able to say, do you feel, you know, I, I feel like in a relationship we should take turns. Is that how you feel? I feel in a relationship that, you know, people can be, you know, too selfish, and then sometimes other people can be too unselfish and, and, and not create that balance, that healthy balance that creates long-term thriving relationships. It, it, do you believe that too? Or is, is that something you believe differently on? You start to address their belief system rather than um, <laughs> trying to get them to help you. And is it fair? No. Should you have to do this? No. Is it right? No. Will it work? More than anything else will. <laughs> More than anything else will. Uh, I hope that helps. And just forgive yourself. Um, you know, people have not had ears to hear. It may not be because you didn't have the right words. These, these are better words, but um, it may be because they did not want to hear. And I hope that helps. And I hope you have a fabulous day. Hello, wonderful. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you found something that will either help you get past your past, get real about your present, or get serious about your future. And hopefully it's all 30. If you're not already in my Facebook group, finding love and success after a toxic relationship, consider this your invitation. There are tons of lives, tons of tips and tricks to help you bounce back better. Have a great day.